This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. In his playing days, he was known as the Igniter. Now, he's here to kickstart your Sunday Twins fix. It's the Paul Molitor Show. You, know, you can hit a mistake a long way. It's, it's, it's fun to watch. There's not a lot of guys who can close on balls like that. It was quite a play. Just a dominant start by him. The Paul Molitor Show is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Now, here are the hosts of the Paul Mahler Show, Chris Atterbury and Jack Morris. Well, that's half right. Chris Atterbury with you from our network headquarters here at Target Field. Target Field still recovering from last night's uh, massive concert endeavor. In fact, concerts the last couple of nights. We walked out of here about eight hours ago. And what an eventful eight hours it has been. Uh, likewise, I'm certain for the star of this show, and that's Paul Molitor. And, uh, Paul, uh, good morning to you. I, I say good morning. I can't imagine, A, you slept a whole lot, and, uh, B, that you slept uh, very well based on how last night turned out for you at the end and also all that's gone on since then. But I say good morning anyway. Hey, good morning to you, Chris. Um, hey, every, every morning is a good morning. Um, some of them just bring a little bit different facts and circumstances to the table, but uh, yeah, we're uh, we're good to go. You doing all right? I'm doing all right, and uh, I tell you what. So uh, last night, uh, obviously the Twins fall in walk-off fashion last night, and then uh, last night late it was consummated. Today it was announced that Jaime Garcia is now a Yankee. The Twins have acquired Dietrich Enns, a 26-year-old left-hander. He is on the 40-man roster. He'll go to Rochester. And Zach Little, a right-handed pitcher, 21 years of age, he will go to Chattanooga. And so, Paul, I reached out to Thad Levine uh, to get a a statement, kind kind of more GM territory than what you and I usually cover here. So I'll just read Thad's statement for Twins fans. Uh, and also encourage you to listen at 2 o'clock when Derek Falvey joins Corey Provis on Inside Twins. This from Thad this morning. We entered this season aspiring to take a meaningful step forward as a team. We are proud that our team has done just that. We have very much stayed in the AL Central race for the first four months of the season. Now it's time to make challenging decisions to put our franchise in a position to win for years to come. We entered the deadline with a commitment to making sound baseball decisions. A week ago, that was to think more short-term with the acquisition of Jaime Garcia with the Royals and Indian streaks. Now it's time for us to think more medium and long-term with the acquisition of ends and little. We believe that our scouts have done an excellent job in putting us in a position to enhance our prospect pool. So first of all, thanks to Thad for getting with us this morning to make sure that the, the, the message is out there. More immediately to your needs, Paul, is is how did this go down from a manager's perspective? Uh, and obviously short-term, you've got a hole to fill in your rotation. Well, it, it's a lot to try to absorb. Uh, <clears throat> I, I respect that and Derek uh, tremendously. I know that they've been working tirelessly over here over the last couple of weeks in regards to the deadline and how it might affect our team. I think we were all excited when uh, Jaime came on board and uh, – Uh, you know, gave us a little bit of a boost. But I try to keep perspective. I try to deal with the facts of the situation. Um, I still think our team's got a chance to make a run. And regardless of uh, Jaime's departure here this morning, 
And uh, my message will be that just that to our team. Um, you know, just as dramatically as things have changed in the past week in terms of a couple clubs getting hot and us relinquishing some late leads, uh, there's still, in my mind, a tremendous amount of baseball to go. Uh, you know, two months of, of baseball, a lot of things can happen. But I do understand the philosophy of the club trying to measure uh, everything that they have to consider and uh, go ahead and doing what they felt was in the best interest of our club moving forward. So I will respect that, and uh, I think our players will once they uh, um, think about how it is. You know, you you gotta you got to just accept sometimes the game is going to bring you some funny twists, and this certainly was one of those. Yeah, and remember, I mean, he was there one game. Uh, the team that, that built uh, this into a competitive club that's in the thick of it is still largely uh, intact and, and, and in that room. When, Paul, did this – because uh, I think it has changed, even in my 11 years here. I think it's changed the the mentality and the perception at the deadline, mostly from a fan perspective, that that you're you're on an extreme one way or the other. Because as you mentioned, there are two full months of baseball left to be played, and uh, as opposed to just okay, you're going to be a carcass that gets picked at, and you're going to be the vulture on the carcass uh, that that the fans seem to want to divide it into. There's still a lot of really good baseball players and a lot of teams with the chance to do some things and make some noise over the next two months? You know, I, I think everybody that takes a step back will, will, you know, hopefully be mindful of some even some seasons, even in recent past where teams that have maybe, uh, you know, traded a couple guys, went on to have great runs and either get into the playoffs or make it interesting. You know, I, I know that I have plenty of experiences around different teams that have reacted different ways to either additions or subtractions, um, you know, you, you can't, you just can't dwell on it. There's the reality is we have what we have. We've played good baseball. Uh, Jaime will go down as one of the few undefeated pitchers in twins history. And, and we'll move on from that. So that, that's just kind of how it goes. Yeah, Clyde Deppner is probably crawling around the equipment room in Oakland right now trying to save that jersey for, uh, for yeah. all time. Well, we'll take a break, Paul. We'll come back and we'll talk about your club because uh, a lot to get to there. Uh, some good, uh, some a little bit disappointing in the last couple of days, but certainly a lot to get to. We'll do that in just a moment. It's the Paul Molitor Show. It's brought to you by Killerby Root Beer, and it's right here on your home for Twins Baseball. This is Paul Molitor. You're listening to the Alternative Channel at 96.3, your home for Twins baseball. You're listening to the Treasure Island Baseball Network. Well, welcome back to a Sunday morning. It's the Paul Molitor Show brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer. Paul, kind enough to join us uh, from the Bay Area. And, Paul, the road trip uh, is one in four right now. But what stands out is that you've got three of those four losses have come in your opponent's final at bat. And that is the razor-thin line we walk in baseball on a daily basis, isn't it? Between unbridled optimism, if those three tilt the other way, just a foot or two, and then where we are today where you're looking at trying to claim a series here in Oakland? It's it's part of the, the beauty of the game, and maybe in this case, case the ugliness of the game. But, you know, uh, we've had a, a, a nice, performance and a nice run from our club in general when we've had chance to win games uh they seem to come in bunches you know a couple games down in la the first and third games of that series where we had chances and uh, they just got big hits late which they have done all season and they've continued to do over the last couple of days against the giants uh and then last night i think was particularly tough and, and not so much that you know we weren't able to hold on there in the ninth inning but i i just thought the and almost the entire feel of that game was 
about missed opportunities and letting a team kind of hang around. And, um, you know, that's one thing that we've missed that time this year is when we get clubs down and we have a chance to kind of push it to the floor a little bit. We, we've kind of missed out. And there's been a handful of games where that's cost us at the end. So those are the ones that, that really hurt. Not so much the Dodger games. I mean, they were tough, but, you know, I didn't really feel like we had a ton of chances to do a lot of things differently in those games where last night I felt we did. You know, you're echoing the theme Danny and I talked about last night because it did feel like those opportunities were there. And that's something that has been the case this year, even in games you've won where maybe you put up a big number early and then just kind of stay stuck on that number. How do you approach changing that? Because it's not as if guys are giving it bats away. They're not trying to make outs. Is it almost just a, is it circumstantial? Is it mental? Uh, What what can you put your finger on there? Well, I I think part of it is, uh, you know, um, the mental part of the game, you know, the mental part of the game kind of gets broken down in many categories, but if there's a subconscious complacency that that settles in, I, I, I think that you know, you, you kind of get a lead and it feels good and there's energy and then, there you know, you hit lulls throughout the game. I, I, I think that there's something about experience that helps you understand that the game can take a lot of turns. Um, you just can't ever assume anything's going to unfold the way that you might think it will. Uh, and I, I thought, you know, when we talk about the at-bats last night, there were, there were some good ones along the way and we, we did some things, you know, and, and you know, Grossman smokes the ball to center. That could have been another run. There were some other instances that were fairly close. Escobar had another good at bat with a man of scoring position there in the eighth inning. But, um, yeah, we, we gave some away, too. And I, I think that, that was the part that hurt after that game last night. Do you look at it, when, and you've got still, we forget, a largely not super experienced roster. When you look at kind of the mainstays of your offense, guys like, like Max and Miguel, I mean, these are, these are still younger players. Eddie Rosario's in that category. Is this something that's still part of that learning process when you look at even your own experience as a player, having to, to learn uh, about managing those lulls and, and that subconscious stuff you're talking about? Well, I, I think I think that it is part of the development. And, you know, we, these guys, we've seen their faces now around the big leagues for a couple of years, um, you know, a little bit longer for a couple of them. But they they still have to learn that. I, I think these all, when, when you hear these young people speak, talk about their desire to win they want to experience what it feels like to play in october I, I i have no doubt that that is true and i i think there are components over and above just how you practice and how you go out there and play that you have to kind of acquire by going through it and and sometimes guys get it faster than others and sometimes your team's good enough to overcome some of those developmental things that you need to go through um but we're, we're still learning some of those things that that guys need to improve upon to to keep pushing forward and you know with that being said though chris i i'm not saying that this thing uh give it a trade today and everything else well you know we're gonna come out today very hungry to try to win this series today and hopefully can continue with some good play in san diego and return for a good homestand yeah a lot of really relevant baseball still to be played and uh some great insight there from paul Molitor. we'll take a break we'll come back and talk about this series this matchup and some of the other uh, facets of this current twins roster right uh after this on your home for twins baseball this is chris atterbury and you're listening to the paul Molitor show on go 96.3 Welcome back to the Paul Molitor Show. Chris Atterbury with you from our network headquarters at Target Field. Jack Morris off this week. Paul Molitor joining us in an early morning from the West Coast. 
Brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, made in Minnesota. We need some Killebrew coffee maybe this morning, too, uh, out there, Paul. Uh, hey, before we get to pending roster moves, Byron coming back uh, and whatnot, I, I don't want this to get lost in the shuffle. Matt Belisle has been really, really good for you for the better part of the last, I want to say, month or so, about 11-plus uh, appearances is it just a matter of him finding his groove we know there's volatility with relievers uh is it is it something different he's doing because he's been outstanding well um you know i think when you look at maddie's season as a whole there there was a lot of outings early when he was really really good too um you know i think the twins fans have to remember that this guy historically has pitched a lot of innings you know fifth sixth some seventh he hasn't done a lot of eighth and ninth inning work although he has them the makeup to be able to do that. Um, I think one thing that we're learning this year as we've done a little bit better job and a little bit more in-depth um, accounting, if you will, on our pitchers and when they pitch and how often they pitch and how it affects their next appearances. And I, we have just kind of learned with Maddie that when we can spread him out a little bit better, it seems to be he's a lot more efficient. And so we're a little bit more protective maybe when we use him, but it certainly has translated to outstanding performance. He's had a really nice run here. Um, and with the little bit of volatility that we have out there, you know, you look for spots to get him in there to get your big outs because he's been throwing the ball really well. Yeah, he has uh, definitely been doing that. Uh, Byron, a uh, nice couple of days with Rochester, hit the first pitch for a home run, had to face a knuckleballer. That's never fun on your on your rehab when you're just trying to get some swings in. Uh, but uh, he's expected to rejoin the club. Uh, how much thought has gone into uh, what that corresponding move might be? Is there a chance that maybe there's a Buxton granted combination where they could play together in some respect well bucks bucks done well out there um last night he did come out of that game late with a, a what we hope was a cramp in his calf mm. and uh i'm going to try to get that report this morning here to make sure that's exactly what it was and he's back in the lineup out there again today but the plan is for him to uh, return to San Diego and, and join us uh, for Tuesday night's game, barring uh, that thing being any more than some cramping from playing last night. And roster-wise, um, you know, we're going to have to work on how we're going to shape it now with uh, the need of a fifth starter, I think, by Thursday against Texas and what we might do in the short term in, in regards to getting Buck back. Obviously, there's been a spot cleared by Garcia today. Yeah, and I know you love playing aggressive baseball, and, and, and Zach and Byron are two guys who can make things happen and force issues when they're on the bases, which I know is a, a brand of baseball that, that you really enjoy. That's something that the Twins haven't been able to do a lot of uh, over the course of the past stretch of games is run a lot, whether it's score situation, sure. whether it's personnel. Would you like to be able to get back to being a more aggressive team? Well, I, I think that you're – you know, cognizant of how the game has changed and the home run plays maybe now as much as it ever has. Um, you know, we saw, you know, the big flies being huge different difference makers in the in the Dodger series and of course last night. But I think there is something to your lineup that um you would like to have it covered in different components that different ways you can score. Guys that can get on base, guys that can run the bases effectively and, and make good decisions put pressure on defenses. I think some teams do it really well, and it shows up over the course of a long season. And when you talk about guys like Granite and Buck, um, those guys that could definitely be people that can pick up 90 feet and give you more opportunities to score runs. I, I'm not sure how it's going to work out exactly over the next few days, but I will say that Granite's made a really positive impression on how he's played the game. Bartolo Colon makes his third start for you today, and he does so in a place where he is absolutely 
beloved uh, in Oakland. He was an all-star there. I mean, he got suspended there and still got an ovation, a standing ovation upon his return. Uh, it's a it's a special place for him. And he's facing the lineup in the A's that, as we've seen, is kind of transitioning to some young guys. With his baseball acumen, he, he seems to really feast on the young guys at times. Is this a matchup that you like when you look at Cologne against this A's team? Uh, I'd like to think that you're heading in, you know, obviously you're, you're right on the money as far as his time in Oakland. I talked to him about it the other day and he spoke very glowingly about being an A in his time here and pitching for Bob Melvin. Um, you know, but they are a young team, um, how they adapt to a veteran pitcher who can move the baseball around and, and be very enticing with pitches that might not end up in the zone. You would like to think that works to his favor. I, I think we saw in his last start in LA that, you know, he still has stuff to get people out. And, uh, you know, I think to have a veteran out there today, especially after the news permeates the clubhouse regarding Garcia, uh, it has a chance to be a big start for us. So we'll see how he responds. But I, I like the matchup. Now we've got one more segment with Paul Molitor, and we'll get his thoughts on Cooperstown. Uh, big events going on in upstate New York, obviously, over the course of this weekend. And also about to welcome uh, another member to the 3000 Hit Club. Thoughts on that, too. That's coming up next on your Home for Twins Baseball. Hey, we're Ben, Dane, and Giselle. You're listening to the Alternative Channel at 96.3. Your home for Twins baseball. Chris Atterbury welcoming you back to the Paul Molitor Show. One final segment, our appreciation of Paul for getting up early today after a tough loss last night and then the trade of Jaime Garcia consummated late last night. Again, Garcia heads to the Yankees for a couple of prospects. Dietrich ends in Zach Little. Uh, ends will go to Rochester. Little will go to Chattanooga. Uh, this show brought to you by Killer Brew Root Beer. Made in Minnesota, how memories are created, legends are made. Uh, this is a weekend about legends and about memories because it's Hall of Fame induction weekend. Uh, we'll get to that in a moment, Paul. But first, Adrian Beltre, 2,999 hits now. Uh, he's on the cusp of joining your club. Uh, he's a pretty special guy, has been for a long time. Uh, your thoughts on, on opening the doors and letting another one in? Well, I think it's great for the game. Um, you know, that club has grown. It's probably doubled in the last 25 years, but it's still fairly exclusive. Uh, I think it's 30 or 31, whatever the number is. And I think Beltre is a guy that just, you know, has earned respect from all his peers around the game and how he's gone about playing his career. He's certainly a leader of that team over there in Texas. I remember when he came over to Seattle, I had a really nice conversation with him about just the game and, and what he how we looked at it and his, his perspective of his his gratitude for having a chance to play. And uh, yeah, it's going to be special. You know, I did kind of eye the calendar a few days ago where I saw he was closing in and said, you know what, that might happen in Minnesota. But uh, he's been very hot during the homestand, which is great. And, and hopefully he has a chance to do it in front of his home fans today. Yeah, and if he doesn't do it today, he'll have the Mariners in Texas. So that could be special as well for Beltre. And it looks like uh, Dave Winfield, Cal Ripken will remain the ones who do it uh, here in Minnesota for now. Hall of Fame weekend. Obviously, those are your peers. Uh, it's uh, such a, a special group, and I know that you relish your opportunities to be with that group in Cooperstown. Maybe even more so this week because Mr. Seelig obviously had such a massive impact on your life. Well, I, I think with, you know, Reigns and Rodriguez and Bagwell going in, it's a really strong class. Uh, but when you supplement it with, the other awards, the uh, Frick Award and, 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 and the like. And then, of course, Mr. Seelig, a, a gentleman who I've known for 40 years now. It's special for me. I, I really, to be honest with you, was trying to find a way to finagle my way out to uh, Cooperstown 
but to travel there last night, take a red eye uh, in there and try to see the ceremony and get back to San Diego was a little bit of a tall order, but um, it's going to be a great day for those gentlemen. It's your, your induction weekend is as good as it gets, and, and uh, my thoughts are with all those guys out there today. Now, you talked about your relationship with Mr. Sheehan. That was more than just owner-player, wasn't it? I mean, it's certainly grown into more uh, since, since you first joined that organization. Well, he was a very hands-on owner. You know, I was a 21-year-old kid when I got to the big leagues, and Robin Yount, uh, my teammate, uh, I think Bud kind of took us both in as young men and kind of guided us through the early stages of our career. He was always a voice for me to listen to in terms of mentoring and just guidance. Uh, you know, the relationship took a lot of turns through the years, including sitting across the bargaining table more than once. But, uh, yeah, he, he was he was a special guy. He, he certainly had an impact on the game as an owner and, and his tenure as commissioner. So it's a, just, it's a just reward for him to enter into the Shrine today. I know he's a little nervous about speaking today, but I'm sure he'll do just fine. You know, speaking of Robin, yeah, I saw some pictures from the parade in Cooperstown. I don't think he's lost a hair off his head since he quit playing. I mean, he is, he is flowing. <laughs> yeah, he's got that mountain man look to him going these days. But, uh, yeah, all those guys, you know, it, it, it's just such a, a tremendous experience to go back each and every summer to, to be around that group. And I know for Robin, it'll be special today to watch Bud going as well. Well, I know we're excited. That, uh, we'd love for you to be there. But we're excited that you'll be in the dugout today uh, running the, uh, the twin ship as you guys try to win a series against the Oakland Athletics. Paul, we appreciate you getting up early. Look forward to good things today at the ballpark. Me too, Chris. Have a good Sunday. All right. Take care. That's Paul right. Molitor. It is the Paul Molitor Show. And, again, if you're just joining us, uh, the Twins have traded Jaime Garcia. He is now a New York Yankee. They receive a couple of minor league pitchers, lefty Dietrich Enns, righty Zach Little. There will be much, much more discussion of that deal at 2 o'clock on our network as Corey Provis will sit down with Derek Falvey on Inside Twins. And certainly with the trade deadline uh, ending on Monday afternoon, those two will have a lot to discuss, and we'll do a great job of deep diving on this move and others. Also appreciate Thad Levine weighing in with the general manager's uh, uh, opinion and, and kind of statement on this deal to lead off our show. For Paul, I'm Chris. Stick around. A lot more still to come later today on your home for Twins Baseball. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.